Dick Tracy, protector of law and order. Peg thinks they're a lot of fun, aren't they, boys and girls? Going out in the country, building a fire, and... Hey, just wait a minute. Speaking of fires, do you make sure that your fire is out when you're through using it? It doesn't take much to start a blaze ripping through the woods, you know. It can be started by a dying campfire, started by a cigarette carelessly thrown away. It's so important that forest fires be eliminated. Huge quantities of wood are still needed for such critical war uses as the building of PT, landing, assault boats for the Navy, truck bodies, paratroop gliders for the Army, fiber containers, wrapping food, or wrapping paper for food, blood plasma munitions. But every year in the United States, over 200,000 forest fires continue to destroy our wood supply. Can we prevent them? Well, you bet we can. For it's been estimated that seven out of every ten of these fires are started by us by Americans who mean well, but who are just plain careless. So the next time you go on a picnic, have a good time, but remember these rules. Crush out cigarettes and pipe ashes, break matches in two, make sure your campfire is out. Your care will prevent forest fires. And now, Dick Tracy. In yesterday's story, you remember how Dick and Pat continued their escape on the horses which they had stolen from their captors. It was soon evident to Tracy that the mountain trail was so narrow that they would be unable to put into effect his original plan to elude his captors who were not far behind him. A series of signal fires on the surrounding mountain peaks told Tracy that they were in trouble. Yet soon after daylight, there appeared on the trail before them a native who gave them food and water and offered to guide them to the safety of Mount Mushagi. Even though he suspected a trap, Dick was forced by circumstances to follow the man. In today's story, we find Dick up and about after a restful sleep. Pat, as usual, is sound asleep, and Dick has to shake him awake. Listen. Pat, come on, Pat, wake up. Uh, lay off, will you, Dick? I haven't been as comfortable as this in months. Pat, wake up. Don't you remember where we are? Oh, holy smokes, that's right. Yeah, we're in that stone house. We're prisoners. But we're not prisoners. What's that? That's right, Pat. I've been awake for quite a while now. I opened the door, walked down the corridor, even stepped outside in the yard. You mean no guards? You, you, you could do just as you please? That's right, Pat. I believe I could have walked off if I wanted to. You know, I might be wrong about this, but I'm not going to suspect these people until they make their first move. They've shown us their hospitality, and we're going to act accordingly. Yep. No, what was that? Telephone? Oh, don't be silly, Pat. That bell sounds just outside of our door. Maybe somebody wants to come in. Let's see. No, what Hold the... It, Pat. Someone's standing over near that stone column. Me, I approach, gentlemen. You certainly may. Again, I bid you welcome to Mount Nushagi. I hope that you had a very pleasant rest. We slept very well, thank you. We've been awake for some time now, wondering what we should do. There really is nothing for you to do. You are to conduct yourselves as guests. You are to do as you please and go and come as you please. Ah, 
The servant is here with your food. I took the liberty of ordering an early meal for both of you. Please advance. Please put the food on the stone table near the window. Instead of eating my normal meal early in the morning as I usually do, I have waited to join you. I hope I have your permission. You certainly have, and we're both pretty hungry. Then let us partake of the food without further delay. If you and Mr. Patton will sit on the stone bench there, I will make myself as comfortable as I can here. Gee, look at the size of that meal. You will find that I have ordered food which is as much like your usual breakfast as it was possible for me to get. Gee, Dick, this tastes well. You know, the first thing you know, I'll change my opinion of this whole business. I have checked with my couriers concerning your trip back on the mountain trail. It must have been a grueling experience. It's certainly one we wouldn't want to do again. I am forced to apologize for the two criminals who had captured you. Unfortunately, I am not able to control the actions of bandits and thieves until they come within the circle of my influence. You mean you don't know the men who captured us? Of course not. Mm. Uh, then this stuff about the finer Kali rubies doesn't mean anything to you? Fortunately, and I mean fortunately, I know nothing of the Fanakali rubies. Of course, I am familiar with the legend, as everyone is in this part of the country. Well, that makes me feel a little better. You see, we were under a false impression. We thought we walked right into a trap. A trap? Of what sort? Well, you see, Tongo, we kind of thought that the Fana cult people had us earmarked for sacrifices during the ceremonies. Sacrifices? Believe me, gentlemen, although it may not look it, we here are civilized. Our civilization is at least 2,000 years old. And while it is true, we have learned how to treat suspicious strangers. We have no misgivings whatsoever about you, Mr. Tracy, and you, Mr. Patton. To us, you are an open book. As Dick and Pat seemed to relax in the presence of the old man who was called Tango, far above them, up near the very ceiling of the high stone room, through a small hole cut in the wall, two pairs of eyes glared down on them. They were the eyes of Savali and Muhammad Ali. <laughs> this is indeed a pleasure. We can see them without being seen. Yes, and strangely enough, we can hear almost every word they say. It is very amusing to hear Tangu put them at their ease. Little do they know that when the sun reaches the notch in the sides of Mount Noshaki, they will see the rays of the Fanakali ruby. Are the preparations all made for the ceremony? Yes, the bow for the first rite should be heard at any moment. Then it is time for us to take our place before the altar. Shall we go? One moment. Look down below. They are getting up. Let us see what Tangu does to them next. The concrete. We still have time. Let us watch them. And if we are still, maybe we can hear what they say. Be quiet. You see, it was never my intention to keep the ruby. My only interest was in bringing the two murderers to justice. I plan to return the rubies as soon as ownership was properly proved. And now, if you had the time, we would like very much to follow you on a tour of this place. I'm sure we'll find it very, very interesting. Dango is leading them out the door. They are going toward the inner chamber, the one twice removed from the altar. Then let us go quickly to the gallery in that room. I would not want to miss what is going to happen to these two incidents. Let us not make any noise so that we may not attract their attention. They might look up.
no shoggy. Oh, this is certainly a big room. Are there many like it? Oh, yes. There are many more. And some are very much larger. In fact, there is one so large, it can contain thousands of people. You mean it's a cave? Originally, it was a cave. But my ancestors, many hundreds of years ago, chiseled the rock into more comfortable quarters. Uh, tell me, Tongu, what is this room used for? This room has a very special use, which you will learn later. Our voices sound funny in here. Yes, the polished rock in this room reflects the sound of voices so that even the slightest whisper can be heard. Do you mind if I try it? You are guests here. You are at liberty to do as you please. Well, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just try out this whispering business. <laughs> well, now, what do you know? <laughs> try it again, Pat. I wish I was home. I wish I was home. <laughs> yep, there's no doubt about it. And I wouldn't want to tell any secrets in here. But tell me, why is it then that our regular voices don't act the same way? The frequencies in our regular normal voices are a lot lower and wouldn't be reflected as readily as whispers which really have no tone. Well, it's all great to me. Yes, this room has heard many whispers. In fact, I would like to give you a demonstration of my own. Go right ahead, Tondo. We'd be glad to see it. Then if you two gentlemen will stand right over here, I will show you something very amazing. Please do not move from that spot because the success of the experiment Depends on your being absolutely still. All right, Tondo. We'll stand perfectly still. Now, I shall go back to a spot right in the doorway of this room and stand there. Uh, this gives me the creep stick. I shall now whisper a few words. Are you ready? Go ahead, Tondo. Anakalimodo. Anakalimodo. Get down, Jake. The bar is open. Come for it, Pat. I can't, Jake. The sides are too sliding. I'm slipping. I can't hold on either, Pat. Look out, Pat. We're dropping right through the opening. Oh. Is that you, Pat? Pat. Pat, where are you?
You know, boys and girls, certain phrases that you hear kind of stick in your mind. Phrases like swing and sway with Sammy K, for instance. It's tricky, isn't it? Did you ever wonder whose brainstorm it was? Well, maybe you thought it came from some advertising man. Well, as a matter of fact, even though I'd like to tell you that the idea of swing and sway came after a lot of hard work and hard thinking, and sometimes it's more fun to tell the truth. The truth is that it happened because an announcer out in Cincinnati got stuck. You see, Sammy K was broadcasting from there, and the local radio announcer went into the closing this way. That you've been listening to the music of Sammy K, the music that swings, the music that... And then there was a pause, and silence, and dead air. The poor announcer couldn't think of a word to save his kilopackle. Well, Sammy Kay, with one eye on the dancers, leaned over the microphone and said, Sways. And so that was the birth of the famous phrase, Swing and Sway with Sammy Kay. And by the way, there's Swing and Sway time with Sammy Kay every Sunday afternoon over the American Broadcasting Company. Now, back to Tracy. Will Dick or Pat find a way out of their predicament, or will they have to face the fanatical natives during the rites of the Fanacali? You'll know Monday, so tune in same time, same station, for The Adventures of Dick Tracy, written by M.C. Brockhausen, directed by Wiley Adams, and this is George Gunn speaking. Dick Tracy doesn't have to have a crystal ball to help him solve the mysteries he's always getting involved in. Our friend Dick uses just plain, ordinary detecting. Well, maybe there's a little bit of luck involved, too, but not too much. You'll have fun watching Dick Tracy track down a case of final solution. The adventures of Dick Tracy are heard every day, Monday through Friday, over more than 100 radio stations from coast to coast. You'll want to join the thousands who have the Dick Tracy listening habit. Dick Tracy, protector of law and order, will be heard Monday at the same time. <laughs>